But it, it really is something that I, I want to share with my church family. And that's why I jumped at the bit when Niall offered me the opportunity to come before you guys today and kind of give an update on what the youth ministry is doing, um, what direction we would like to take it, and as I said earlier, where you guys can be praying um, as, as a church family for our youth and for the ministry at large. And so, honestly, I, I just want to jump right in. we got lots to cover. Like I said, it's been an exciting six months, so there's plenty to talk about. One of the first things uh, that uh, you're taught, at Moody anyway, um, when I take a, a youth ministry class, is that you need to always have purpose and direction with anything that you do. So, for the youth ministry, this really looked like when I came in, one of the first days um, I was there, I really sat down and, okay, what is our mission? And, well, if you open up your bulletin, on the front page of your bulletin, there's a phrase. Down at the bottom, it says, We exist to connect people with God through Jesus Christ, grow to be like Christ, and to serve others. You see, I don't see a separation that needs to occur between the youth ministry and, and, and the rest of the church. You know, so often it's said, and I, I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The youth aren't the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. If you needed any reminder of that, just earlier we, we did that. And, and just what an incredible gift that they are to this church. And so I don't see the need to further separate us by having our own mission or, or separate mission or purpose. Our purpose is the same. Sure, our emphasis might be more geared towards youth, administering them to the family and the community, but our mission is the same. And so as a church, we run everything that we do through this filter of either connecting, growing, or serving. And so then, that's what we do in the youth ministry. And so I've made sure that we have regular events and, and, and different things that we do as a whole body that follow this format of connecting, growing, and serving. So I want to tell you guys what those are. So to start with are our connect events. And the, and the regular one that we do quite often is youth group. Uh, youth group, if you've ever seen it, it's pretty crazy. We have a lot of fun. Um, it's an opportunity where uh, we bring the youth in. We eat. We um, play games. But we also do uh, a, a very specific time of discipleship, and, and that's very important to us. But the emphasis certainly is on connecting, being able to connect with the community, being in a, a place where you can invite friends and um, invite them to come along into the youth ministry, but also connecting together and building strong bonds that hopefully extend then Monday through Saturday um, at, at school and sporting events and etc. We want to build up a team uh, mentality um, in our students. And so that's, that's really the purpose behind youth ministry, or the, the youth group. And um, as I said, while that might be the emphasis, certainly there are different uh, areas of, of uh, growing, hopefully that occur out of um, a connect event like youth group. Secondly, then, we have our growing events, which are specifically, just like the church uses, our community groups. These are vital, vital, vital um, to our, our, our senior high ministry currently. We're hoping to extend it into our junior high ministry because of the uh, very um, important nature that they hold. This is an opportunity to gather together um, in different groups and just be intimately in the Word being discipled by some incredible individuals in the church who have really taken up the, the challenge to educate these students. 
these ministries are so important. This is where we hope that, the again, this is where the emphasis on the growing happens. And so we want to have students who are, have grown and are maturing. And so that's how we see it um, most beneficial is, is through these community groups. Um, right now we have our, our underclassmen uh, guys, so 9 through 11, they're going through a study on Romans. Uh, I mean, studying through, wrestling through the theology of Romans and reading through it intentionally several times a week. Our underclassmen girls, they're going through uh, uh, James. Again, a super practical book that is just immediately applicable to any situation that those girls find themselves in. And then our, our seniors are going through um, a study on identity and being able to um, ask questions. How am I going to carry this into the next phase of life, which is something that's often missing. And so that's something we really want to build up and strengthen in them so that when college does come, they can understand this is who I am in Christ and this is how I live that out. And and now I can analyze the world around me and see just exactly what is going on. It's an awesome, awesome study. Um, and so that that's how we're hoping to promote growth. Then we also do have service. That, that's the third of those um, three key points of, of the mission, and so we want to be sure that that's included, in, included too. Now, this service, it looks a little bit differently than, say, you know, raking leaves. Trust me, I'll get to it. We do that too. But this service is actually done through our breakfasts. I know that that is something um, that, that occurs twice a month. We get together, and guys um, um, at one location and the girls at another, and it's an opportunity for the students to actually lead the discussion. I, I, I put out there um, that this is an opportunity for them to share a testimony. What is God doing in your life? How is he um, impacting you? What are ways that you're seeing God work? Struggles that you're struggling with. Let's share in that. It's a great opportunity for them to offer that um, to each other and really serve the youth group. If you don't think that service, try doing that in, in your community group here. It's not easy. And, and then it's also an opportunity. They can take a devotion, just even the devotionals that they work through, and just, this is what God is teaching me right now. This is what I'm doing to intentionally build up my relationship with God. It's really cool to see. And so that's something that is gaining momentum. It's definitely a process, um, but it's really a cool opportunity anytime you see a student able to lead uh, uh, the rest of us in that way. It's an awesome, awesome opportunity. So those are our main emphasized points. We certainly have um, not as regular events that we um, use to, um, again, hammer in those connecting, growing, and, and serving. And, and so those are our second Wednesday. If you've never been out to a second Wednesday, it, as the name implies, it's the second Wednesday of the month, you need to go. It, it, we go out to Camp Luther every other month um, and we combine um, with, last time we had 11 different churches of the community pull together all their um, youth ministry or whoever's willing to come, and we just worship the Savior. It's really phenomenal opportunity um, having, you know, 120-plus students um, all packed in there. And, yeah, we, we do some broom ball, and it's pretty crazy, let me tell you. But uh, and we eat a lot of pizza. It, it's, that's also pretty impressive. Um, but... Uh, 
we always have, uh, we bring in a band, uh, and they always do a phenomenal job. And, and more importantly, though, we're really spending a very intense time in the Word. And it's absolutely fantastic. And it's been great. I know that's something that um, had occurred uh, back when, when Eli was here. And he was very much an anchor for that ministry. And it's cool being able to, as I've stepped into this, me and Dan Shields over at St. Germain, we really picked that up and said, no, this is something that we definitely see as beneficial for um, this community. And so far, the Lord has blessed it mightily. And, and I seriously, I encourage all of you guys on, on a second one. The next one's in March. Come on out. It's, it's fantastic. Um, then we do have secret service. That's our that's our leaf raking service. We do that kind of work, too. And a number of you guys have participated in that. We thank you. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar, because it is a new thing we're starting, is you as a congregation... Um, can can select anyone else in the congregation or in the community for us to serve as a youth group. And, and we schedule uh, days where we would go and do these projects. And, and then, um, in turn, you, you support us for our different uh, events that we do. And it, it's just an awesome partnership where the church is supporting and, and, and serving the community. The youth group is equipped and um, served too. And then also we get to serve you guys. It, it, it's just all around an awesome experience. I've got students giving up six hours on on a Sunday or uh, on a Saturday afternoon. That's pretty valuable time. They really do serve, and, and they work hard, and, it, and it's fantastic. Um, you know, helping close down Lickety Split, or breaking leaves, or um, just whatever. We've done a lot, and, and it, it's really fantastic opportunity. We also um, have gone to a couple of different uh, conferences over the past couple months that have been really cool. And, and you think, okay, you go into a conference, but it's really an incredible opportunity. I take my junior hires. We go to um, to Planet Wisdom. Crazy name. Don't get it, but that's all right. It's an awesome conference out in Minneapolis in December where we got to really investigate what does it mean to thrive in your relationship with Christ? What does that look like? Why? And they just really practical, answering those questions and then helping you to apply it. Now, granted, God has a wonderful sense of humor, and he loves to initiate, and that was my first big event, and of course the bus breaks down in negative 20 weather, but God is also good, so we got back okay. But what a wonderful opportunity, and really, it's a deep, impactful time, and that's what your money from uh, Secret Service went towards. And again, I say a huge thank you to you guys for doing that, and for parents letting their children go for that. Senior high, they go to districts out in Green Bay. Again, 2,700 students I heard thrown around a couple times attending that. And so just, a, I mean, as you can imagine, it's a, it's a high-energy, awesome experience for the youth. And, and for this year, they really investigated, okay, there's a storyline happening, whether you realize it or not. And so are you going to be a part of God's storyline, or are you just going to make him one area of yours? And just really challenging. That's that's challenging for all of us. Um, what what are we going to do with that? And, and so it was exciting to be a part of that and really to um, go deeper with the students. Really awesome. Um, and then finally, we've got Winterfest coming up here in a couple weeks. And I'll give a shameless plug. We've got some spots still available. So please, please, um, if you've got students, get them signed up. It's, it's going to be an awesome experience. We're going to talk about abiding in Christ. It's one of these big things that we talk about, we throw out, and, and we don't really necessarily know and explain what that looks like to abide in Christ, but it's such an important thing. Read John 15, it's said, abide in me, abide in me, probably what, 12 times, 
that might mean it's important for us. And so we need to investigate. What does this mean? I want to take something that, that is thrown around in the church quite often and really pin it down. What does this look like come Monday morning? And that, that's really our goal with Winterfest is to have a blast, have a great time, bring friends and everything. But really, let's hammer down. What does it mean to abide in Christ? How are we going to do that? Now, that's the gist of, of what we're doing throughout the year. That isn't going to happen at all <laughs> without a lot of help. Um, I can't do it all. Um, I, I would go crazy. Um, and I, unlike my mom, I don't have eyes in the back of my head, so I need a lot of help. Um, it just didn't work out that way. Um, so I just want to do a couple shout-outs, and I, I'm asking you guys from this, just thank these people. Thank these individuals. They pour so much into our youth. Whether you're a parent or, or even just a member of this church without students in the youth ministry, I don't care. This is your church. And, and, and so please be thanking me and encouraging these people. They pour in from, from the extra of their life. They, they work. They have families. They have spouses. They have a busy life. And yet they really true, choose to serve um, the youth. And so I just I can't thank them enough. First, uh, uh, Brandon and Jackie uh, Sharp. I see Brandon in the back. I assume Jackie is at home. I mean, she's only eight and a half months pregnant. <laughs> and yet, she stays up till 6 a.m. with girls. Yes, stays up, not not gets up at 6 a.m., stays up till 6 a.m. with girls at, at districts, talking through Christ and what it means to be um, interacting with Him daily and all that. Wow, Brandon and Jackie have just, they, they've run the ministry before I got here. They've done this, and, and now they're really pouring into me and helping me learn and grow. And just what an awesome opportunity it is to get to know them. Um, Brandon um, leads the, with uh, John Welsh, uh, the, uh, um, the underclassmen guys' small group on Romans. And, and Jackie does the same um, with the underclassmen girls. They just do a phenomenal job with that. And we're excited um, that they're on our team. And yeah. <laughs> I can't get them to come to Winterfest. It's something about this baby or whatnot. You know, I, broom ball and having a baby, I don't know. Um, Scott Labouie, he's way back there in the booth, and he's not even going to look up. I can tell. But <laughs> Alex hasn't covered. You know, every, like I said, the guy's breakfast. We have a great time at that, but it, there's a lot of work and, and finances that go into that. He prepares a meal for you never know how many guys are going to come up, so you just feed an army. And, and just what an awesome ministry that is. What a great guy. What a great example of, of, a, of a dad and of, as a husband for all of us. And, and just really challenges um, all of us there. Um, just great ministry, and I really appreciate Scott. Um, next, I've got Gary and Amy Bommets, and, and, and they snuck out on me. So I, I don't get to embarrass them. But, again, it's, it's kind of been fun. We, we came in together you know, kind of into this, and, and so we're kind of both learning on the job. And, and they just have done a phenomenal job really investing in the junior high um, students and really have jumped in head first. And, and <laughs> despite responsibilities and, and different things or another, they've, they've done great. And when the bus breaks down, I can just say, hey, guys, I need you to take them for seven hours and, and take care of the students. And, and an awesome resource to be able to know that they're in good hands while I'm trying to get this bus fixed. Um, I want to be sure I don't miss anybody. Um, like I said, John Welsh um, and, and Jen Allward, they help out with uh, those small groups that are run um, 
and they just do a fantastic job. I mean, especially as, as Jackie is um, having her baby. Jen Allward is really stepping into that position and really being beneficial for us. And a huge thank you to them. Then the ribbies, which I, I, I know we've only got half of the ribbies planned here today, but um, they run the identity course for our senior high uh, community group. Rob knows what he's doing. He, he's got uh, his, um, I believe, his dissertation in, in identity and studying that and has it narrowed down to several questions and, and just does has an awesome ministry to those seniors. And it, it's really cool to see. And again, that's an every other week thing that they do. And so a lot of commitment there. So we thank them for that. And then I've kind of got one that we wouldn't necessarily um, know. But if, how many of you guys came to our, our fall, um, our, our harvest party? What a great resource the farm is. That place, and, and so Doug and Donna Russell, wow. <laughs> they, they worked so hard to keep this resource open to us, and we try to take advantage of it. Um, about once a month, I take my junior hires out there. If you haven't been out there, there are pool tables, you know, arcade games, you know, volleyball courts, and they just do a wonderful job maintaining this property for us to enjoy and use in ministry. And and while, no, they're not working directly with the students, they are doing a lot behind the scenes and making sure it's recognized. So we have a lot of volunteers um, that, that are involved in our ministry, and I, I just, again, I'm asking you as a church family, let's come along with people and really make them that they are important for this uh, service that they do. Now I, I really want to give an understanding of where I would like to go with the ministry. From my best estimate, and it's kind of hard to pin down, but I believe we're ministering to about 10% of the students at Three Lakes School from 6th through 12th grade. And that's good. That's a good number, and um, it's been great. We've got some awesome students um, involved. But I guess my goal for this year, and I know numbers are not everything, so please don't hear me saying numbers, but numbers are not everything. I would love to see that, 25%. Uh, that's my goal for this year. This coming year, I would love to see us ministering to 25% of that school regularly. They've done a wonderful job over at the school to keep it open and available to us, and we thank them for that. But we also want to take advantage of that opportunity to build those bridges be investing in the school. Um, training our students to be investing in the school. Um, and just what an awesome opportunity. So my goal is 25%. Now, now that's great. No, and you can put the goal out for numbers, and I promise you, if we bring in enough pizza, it's going to happen. But more importantly um, than just getting those numbers, what do we do with those students? What is our vision for as we gain those numbers and as we have are faithful with the numbers that we have, what do we do with them? That, that's really the most important thing um, for this youth ministry. And so I wanted to establish something that would remind us constantly, that would remind us daily as we interact with the youth ministry, what is our goal, what is our purpose? And, and, and that goes into our names. Uh, we've named the Junior High Ministry Pulse. That stands for something. It's not just some cool hipster name that I came up with and, and uh, played around with, but... No, there is a meaning, there's a verse, and Natalie read it earlier. And so I want to spend some time kind of transitioning into, yeah, a little bit of a sermonette-type setting, but investigating what is it that a student who goes through the six years of youth ministry, what at the other end, what's the product, what are we hoping they are equipped with and are able to do? 
And so that's what I want to spend the remainder of our time really investigating. And that starts with Colossians 3. It helps if the pastor brings his Bible up. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. I'll read it again. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I love this passage. Very practical, um, very quick um, to just jump into what really is needed to be said. That's common with the uh, Pauline writings. And um, one of the key points there is set your hearts. And it says set your minds on things above. And so first off, uh, as taking our junior hires, the 6th through 8th graders, my goal with them is to A, take them and point them in the right direction. If they, if they don't know where above is, then it does no good to say set your hearts on that. You need to train them. What does that look like? Who is Christ? Um, what What is he? What difference does he make in your life? And so I really want to spend a lot of time investing in who is Christ and what difference does it make. That's our goal with our junior high ministry, so that then they can set their heart. That's where we get the pulse. Know what runs your life. Is it things above? Is it Christ Jesus? Or, you know, there are some good earthly things and there are some bad earthly things, but regardless, they're all earthly things. They all go away eventually. Is that what really gets your heart going? Is that what really runs your heart? Is that your purpose for for living and and your mind, for for, um, for your conclusions, your thoughts, your your emotions, all you? Is it run on, on, on these earthly things? Or is it run on Christ? And so just really, we wrestle with this question. We wrestle through uh, what does it mean to be students seeking after Christ. And it's really been phenomenal to watch a lot of growth take place in these students over this. But this is a shout-out to my English tutor, Amy Thomason. She trained me well. English was not my subject. I spent many a night going over this. You see that word, set? Set your hearts special word there. Very special. And it's really indicative of what we need to be doing daily. Set, and I want to be sure I say it right, is present imperative. Meaning it is a continual command. So it's not a one-time thing where you get up, okay, I set my heart and my mind on things above. Great. No, no, no. The Christian life is a lot more than that. It takes a lot of work and effort daily. And so I want to train students, how do we do this? How do we set our hearts continually on, on, on God? Even though we have all of this stuff around us that is seeking our attention, our time, our efforts, our emotions, our thoughts, our being, our passions, all these things around us, and it's really cr- kind of crazy. But how do we use Scripture? How do we use the church family? How do we use your parents? your friends, how do we use that and instill in that uh, upward focus? Because we know that Galatians 5 talks about how 
flesh wants what is exactly contrary to the spirit. So we know this is going to be a battle. We know it's going to be difficult. But God has given us tools. And, and honestly, the best example I can give um, for this is actually um, uh, an airplane. As many of you know, uh, before I decided that I wanted to be a youth pastor, I really wanted to be a pilot. Um, that, that was my heart. That was my passion. And I, I looked it up this past week, and actually they say that an airplane, when it takes off and has a particular destination that it sets its sights on, about 90 to 95% of those flights actually will veer off course to some degree at some point on that flight. Now, certainly that could be due to you know wind or, or weather or a large flock of geese or whatever, they, they, but they diverge off their original track to some degree. Now, that's great. That's no problem because we have these onboard computers that constantly are reevaluating, looking, and saying, okay, wind changes are, are this and our speed is this and and all these different calculations that go on, and they realign the plane's course. Because you see, it's really important that they do this, because for every degree, every small little degree that that plane goes off, after a mile of traveling, it's off course by 92 feet. And that doesn't seem like much, because it's not, when you think that the plane's as big as as 92 feet. But reality is, those degrees grow, and those miles go a lot further than just one mile, and so by the time you get across country, you're a couple hundred miles off course. So for that's the importance of having our onboard computers in life. It's a, that basic and that simple, but also very difficult. If, if as students, I, I really want to, A, point our direction at Christ. Our direction is clear. That is what we're shooting for. That is our destination. But then life naturally, yes, we live in contrary to, in contrast to the spirit. We do. And so we're going to veer off course sometimes. I just want to prevent it from A, being 2 degrees, to 5, to 10, to 30, etc. I want to keep training the students. How do we realign? How do we refocus? Because if, if this trajectory continues, then it's a long way back to our original uh, position. And so that's really what I want to train our junior high students for. Because in reality, it's not how people live today. It's not. And we're called to. And so we know that we live on a battlefield. And that's why we transition over into senior high, where we're, call- where we're calling the-, the student ministries for the senior high students remnant. Biblical concept of a remnant. A faithful few despite circumstances. And I, I know that you all regardless of age and job position and you resonate with this. You know that not everyone's living this way as we describe in junior high. That's great and all if, if you have everyone around you encouraging you and helping you stay accountable to stay on that course. But what does it mean to remain faithful regardless of our circumstances? When for you guys, jobs and co-workers are difficult to, to do this with or even family. I'm not ignorant that, that all families are just, all families are saved. Or, no. I mean, whatever your struggle is, whatever causes you difficulty, whatever uh, causes it difficult to, to follow after Christ, that's what you're being a remnant for. And, and so for these students, yeah, school, it's a great school. I will never say anything bad about Three Lake School. They do a phenomenal job, but reality is, it's difficult. It's difficult to live an upward-focused life 
in high school, <laughs> in middle school. It's getting younger and younger, and that doesn't change when you get older. Um, and so I want to train my students. What does it mean to be a remnant? For that, I'm going to look at Second Kings. Second Kings 19. Really short, sweet verse. Verse 30. And it says, Once more a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. Again, short, sweet, to the point. Once again, this idea of a remnant isn't new. You look at Noah. You look at Gideon. Opportunities where God used a select few who were faithful to his calling to show the world this is God Almighty. You know, despite their circumstances. We see it in, in the early church being persecuted horribly, but yet remaining faithful to the calling. Wow. In Revelation, when we get back to our study in Revelation here in the next couple weeks, we'll see that the dragon literally wages war on a remnant, but is defeated because they remain faithful. I don't know about you, but I want our students to be faithful soldiers for God, able to defeat the, um, the schemes that the devil brings about. That is so vital. I, I, I want them to testify the Lord in the way they wage war. Being a remnant. And so, what does that look like? And, and again, it's written right here for us. They take root below. We've got to train our students. We've got to teach them theology. <laughs> We've got to teach them how to apply things. We need to teach them as, as students rooted, and I hope that that starts in junior high, I really do. What does it mean to take root below? You see, a farmer, when they plant a crop, yeah, they want a little bit of water at the beginning, but they like a little bit of drought. A little bit of drought right away. Because what does that do? That causes that plant, I'm a Minnesota guy, corn, lots of corn, those roots to drive deep. If there's a bunch of water right at the beginning, those roots don't grow. They don't go deep. So when drought comes, they're done for. We need to develop students who, who in times of trial, they just, first instinct, go deep, go deep. That way, when nutrients, when water, when moisture comes, the fruit is easy to produce because you can soak it in, you digest it, you develop it, and, and the fruit will come. Luke 8, Jesus describes this exact theory parable of the sower, you know, their description of how people respond to the gospel. Well, there are those that fall, fall on good soil. Absolutely, we want to encourage and grow that. But reality is, the difficulty lies, what happens to the ones that don't grow roots? Well, they shoot up. They grow. There's initial growth there, it says. Speaking of those that fall on the rocky soil. But roots aren't able to take take to the ground. Nutrients aren't able to come and so they just get knocked down. And so I don't want our students to be knocked down. I want them to be able to develop in life and be able to grow in their um, strength with God 
so that they can stand firm. They're rooted, that they're not just a rock of soil. And as I said, this can be difficult. Because um, both show signs of growth. This is this is the crux of my of my message today. Is I need your help. We need to be walking alongside our students. Um, because we can all look and, and see this growth initially. Either both the good soil and the rocky soil presents it. This initial growth. I want us to be intentional with our students. Take them out to a breakfast or lunch or whatever. You know, invest in them here. Uh, invest in them in the youth ministry, etc. Be investing intentionally in our students. We've got a scientist in the building, Mr. Gustafson. He's going to hold me true to this. I love science in, in, in school. You have physical changes to a substance and you have chemical changes to a substance. And physical changes are merely changes of state. Changes from, like, ice to water to steam. There are reactions that occur that you can see physically, but nothing's really changed. It's all H2O. There's been no change. That is a physical change. You can mold, you can bend, you can break, but nothing has changed to the very substance that you're working with. However, a chemical change is one where actual physical bonds are broken between molecules or elements and then new bonds are reformed. So it's got to happen in our students. And it, it, it can't just end with me or my volunteers. This has to be a group effort of the church family. We need your help in praying and being intentional with students because, as I said, those physical changes, yeah, they're reactions. You see the same reaction. You know, you see steam. You see you see bubbles, you see, you know, etc. You see all these different physical things that develop, but they're the exact same as the chemical, but yet nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Just like the roots. We want to develop roots in our students. And that's only going to be done if we are intentionally investing in them. Intentionally. And so I'm asking for help in that. Find students. We, we have plenty up here who, who are just seeking mentorship. Seeking those people in their lives who are older, wiser, who have been there, done that. They need your help, your guidance. And, um, prayer. But none of this is going to occur without prayer. None of it. So I'm asking for you guys' help to partner with us in prayer. Be praying for myself as I continue to grow in this position. Pray for um, the, the students as they continue to have to battle through what does it mean to be a Christian in our schools, in our community, with my friends. Pray for my volunteers. Again, they have busy lives and schedules and responsibilities, but yet they remain involved with our students. Pray for us as a church family that we can do this well, that we grow this youth ministry um, into really something um, that, that is worth being a threat to, to Satan where we are tested and tried, which is only going to need more prayer and hopefully drive our church family so that that's that's my call. That's that's my um, application. Is just be intentional. Be intentional with our youth. They're special. They're, they're important. They're valuable. They are the church of tomorrow, but they're still very much the church of today. They're here right now, involved, working, growing, and that's what Paul lays out for us. Is, is a godly design of, of what the church family looks like. It's having 
um, other people come alongside the younger to help grow and mature them in Christ. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God.